When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is People Every Day. Coming up, why Simone Biles is back, baby. Breaking down the latest out of the Tokyo Olympics, including Biles' return to the competition. Plus, Matt Damon reveals his past use of a homophobic slur and Kathy Griffin's shocking cancer diagnosis. It's August 2nd. Hi there, and welcome back to People Every Day. I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, and it is Monday, a glorious, giggle-filled Monday for me because it is my daughter, Raimi's first birthday today. Time flies, man. My little pandemic baby is growing up fast, but she's just as sweet and funny as ever. She's not walking yet, but dancing, waving, clapping, and cracking up all the time. They say the sound of children's laughter has healing properties. So here's a little dose of the birthday girl from earlier today. I <laughs> oh, love you, Raimi. All right, on to the news. Later in the show, I get a call from Tokyo and catch up with my colleagues, Lindsay Kimball and Adam Carlson, who are on the ground for the Olympics and have the inside track on all the latest news, including Simone Biles getting ready to compete again. So stay tuned for that. But right now, we have to talk about this story I have been seeing everywhere. In an interview with the Sunday Times, Matt Damon said that he stopped using the F slur in reference to the gay community only after his daughter confronted him. Like, what? It's going to take some time to unpack this one. Uh, People's Movies News Editor, Nigel Smith, is here to help us do that. But uh, before we go there, I want to share a quick headline with our listeners that we got this morning that felt very surprising. Kathy Griffin announced that she has lung cancer. The comedian took to Instagram this morning to share that she has lung cancer, even though she's never smoked. Since it's stage one cancer, doctors don't think she'll need chemo, but Griffin encouraged everyone to get regular checkups and to get vaccinated for COVID-19. She said, of course, if she got this news and contracted COVID, it would be much worse. Uh, Her quote about all of this is, it's been a hell of a four years trying to get back to work, making you guys laugh and entertaining you, but I'm going to be just fine. And so she's referencing a tricky past four years because of everything that happened in 2017 surrounding her essentially getting canceled over a post she made about former President Trump. He was the president at the time, and she posted an image of him and what looked to be his severed head. And people took that as a very real threat. And she was, you know, fired from some of her shows. She was put on the no-fly list. She lost the opportunity to host some things. And she has just been battling back from that for so long. And now we're getting this news, but our hearts and our thoughts are with her today and hoping she just recovers quickly. All right. Now let's transition back to the headline that was, you know, really 
concerning, but also wildly surprising, right, Nigel? Yeah, it's a headline I wish we weren't talking about. I mean, he was promoting his movie Stillwater, which is considered by many to be a player at the Oscars this fall. So this is a film that he's probably going to be promoting for many months to come. It just came out. And he was talking to the UK Sunday Times about the film, about his family life. And this admission kind of came up. I mean, it's not written as a straight through Q&A, so we can't really see the question that led to this uncomfortable answer. In the article, um, it says that he told the Times, I made a joke months ago and got a treatise from my daughter. She left the table. I said, come on, that's a joke. I say it in the movie Stuck on You. She went to her room and wrote a very long, beautiful treatise on how that word is dangerous. So just wow. Nigel, I'm wondering, how do you think this is going to fare on the movie, on Still Water? Um, is this going to have a, a negative impact? You know how things can take off on social media. Yeah, I, I, I I do unfortunately think so. And he also has The Last Duel coming out this fall in which he has a major role. And that's the first film he's written with Ben Affleck since Good Will Hunting. And that's also considered an Oscar player. So he's going to be in the press for months to come leading up to February when the Oscars take place. And I do think this is going to negatively affect his Oscar chances, just the perception that people have of him because um, the, you know, what he said is pretty damning. He he did tell like a sweet story of how his daughter really coached him and told him, dad, this is wrong and this is why. And he says that he's since obviously learned from the air of his ways. And maybe he's just trying to be, you know, relatable to, to, to some people who can, I don't know, somehow understand where he's coming from. I don't as a gay man. But yeah, I do think this is going to negatively impact his chances. And also it's just a PR nightmare. Like, why are you admitting to this to the world? Because all it's going to do in the end is going to get you in trouble. And already Billy Eichner, who's an um, openly gay comedian, actor, producer, writer, um, he, he uh, is very, very active on Twitter. And he, you know, obviously denounced what Matt Damon said. And so I, I could see more stars coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, I'm seeing that now. Billy Eichner tweeted, I want to know what word Matt Damon has replaced that F word with. So uh, he, I'm sure, is not the first and will not be the last to criticize these comments. But I want to go back to something you kind of hinted at earlier, which is the image of Matt Damon. And with me, when I think of Matt Damon, I do kind of think of him as this, um, as, at least the portrayal of the good guy. And this is opposite Ben Affleck in a way. You know, Ben Affleck has always come off as like the edgier friend, um, the guy that kind of, you know, needed to be saved and could find himself in situations and, and saying things like this, unfortunately, but not necessarily Matt. But that might not be the case. I mean, I don't know him, you know, at all in person, but I do know that my colleague has said, you know, if you go back to those Goodwill hunting days, a lot of the commentary around that film, a lot of things that were said in the script um, just around that period wasn't all that great. Like, so he, he's definitely not a saint either. So how does this weigh into your perception of Matt Damon? You know, in recent years, he's actually said some some questionable things that he's had to apologize for. Mm. I mean, when the Time's Up and the Me Too movement really took hold of the nation, he um, said something, I forget, I think it was in an interview in which he, you know, he really tried to um, separate sexual harassment from sexual assault. 
you know, saying that the two are not the same and to, to, to treat sexual harassment as harshly as sexual assault is, is not right. And he had to obviously walk back those comments in light of the whole Harvey Weinstein scandal. And I think he issued a statement on the Today Show apologizing for her, his remarks. And then also, I think it was in the same year, he had this show called Project Greenlight, and he got some flack for talking to a black film producer on that series. It was all about getting a film off the ground. And he caught some flack for basically saying that diversity on set wasn't as important as diversity, you know, in front of the screen, be it the actors. And he's he, he apologized for that. But he also said, you know, the full conversation was not aired on the show. So people didn't get a full recount of exactly what the conversation was. But he has been known to say a little too much sometimes. Uh, so, Nigel, thank you so much for getting into all this with me. Thank you for having me. Next up, why Simone Biles is about to hit the beam again, and more from our Olympics team on the ground. Stay tuned. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Olympics this year have not been disappointing at all. We are still in the mix with all of that. And there's just been so much from the drama to the medals to the funny moments. I'm reveling in it all. And people's Lindsey Kimball and Adam Carlson have been reporting all of these notable moments from the ground over in Tokyo. And today we get an exclusive update. They are on with me. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Adam. Hi. Good morning. (laughs) I know, right? So it's super late there right now. You guys are troopers. Uh, But first things first, let me talk about Simone Biles, the news that she is in. I'm seeing reports that she'll be competing on beam. Uh, this is the last eligible event, I guess, for, for gymnastics, right? So so major news. She's withdrawn from nearly every other competition thus far. Can you give us the inside scoop? Like, what do we know about this decision and what's behind this decision, all things considered? What we know is that Simone withdrew last week and she has wanted to compete ever since then. She said that she wasn't able to compete after last week. She got a case of the twisties, which is a a silly name for a very serious issue where she said she wasn't able to find her body in the air. could be very serious, but she's been working behind the scenes. You know, she Mm. posted some videos of herself training. We know that she's wanted to compete and we had been waiting for, you know, and Lindsay can attest to this. We had just been talking actually 
actually like 12 hours ago. Today, Monday, Tokyo time was kind of the deadline. You know, will she or won't she? She's been evaluated every single day. We know that she's been meeting with gymnastics officials and she's been trying to determine whether or not she's ready to compete. And, uh, and uh, according to them, She's going to appear in her last event, and um, it's really exciting. Wow. Okay. And so this is uh, Beam. So uh, explain like what she'll be doing, what 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 we know she brings in this particular. I mean, she kills everything. <laughs> but 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 what is it like for her to say she's doing this one? Honestly, Beam isn't one of Simone's you know signature events, so it, it is going to be interesting. One thing that kind of stuck out to me, she did this kind of. Uh, Instagram Q&A the other day answering a lot of questions about what the twisties are and and she said the problem is coming in literally the twist so beam traditionally is less of this in the air twisting more of the general flips yeah and and Lindsay have we heard anything just about how she's feeling I mean she she's spoken a lot about her her mental health and I think people are still trying to you know um figure out, I mean, we're learning about this twisties phenomenon and, and if that is, you know, physical and mental. And she had this great statement about saying mental health is physical health, especially in her case. Um, but how do we know how she's doing? Yeah. I mean, as far as from speaking to, uh, teammates of hers over the past few days and from what she's put out on social media herself, it seems like she's, you know, obviously disappointed. You train for five years for this moment and then to yeah. not get to compete yeah. but in a in a better headspace than she was a few days ago seems to be in good spirits we talked to jade carey today she says simone is so strong and she's so proud of her on top of that we saw simone in the stands cheering her teammates on the past few events that she was supposed to be in yeah and she was all smiles and just and such a posting. great teammate that that whole let's go out and kill the floor what she told jk jade carey before she got the gold medal just amazing exactly yeah jade we we t- i talked to jade tonight right after she won the gold medal and jade had mentioned jade had had a rough performance on vault the mm. day before in the vault final she tripped uh finished kind of bottom of the pile and it was obviously super upset and super devastating for her so going into today going into the floor final a lot of nerves of course feeling you know there's Obviously pressure, but adding on to the pressure, she said Simone gave her kind of a pep talk and said, let's do this. You can do it. I'm here for you and move past this moment, move past this failure and move into the next thing. And so I think that kind of speaks to where Simone's at right now. She's moving past the failure and moving into the next thing. Nice. I cannot wait to watch her. All right. Let's talk about another gold medal. Actually, Five sprint swimmer Caleb Dressel has become the fourth American to win five gold medals in a single Olympic Games. He's been very open about the pressure at the Olympics this year. During the post-podium press conference, he said, this is not easy, not an easy week at all. Some parts were extremely enjoyable. I would say the majority of them were not. You can't sleep right. You can't nap, shaking all the time. I probably lost 10 pounds. I'm going to weigh myself and eat some food when I get back. It's a lot of stress we put on the body. So can you tell us uh, just what it was like uh, inside of his wins? I mean, also spectators at all the events, can you you feel the stress 
in the air. <laughs> yeah. So I think you hear someone like him who's at the height of his sport saying like, look, there's a lot of sweat and a lot of stress, a lot of weight loss, a lot of nerves that goes into this. And that's as true in this games as any other. You know, I, I, I hesitate to say it's more stressful, but I think what is true is that people are being more open about that stress mm. led, you know, the, the, led by the example of Simone Biles, Naomi Osaka. Um, these are extraordinary athletes doing extraordinary things, but that comes at a cost. And I think some of that cost they're comfortable with and some of that cost, um, some of that cost they're saying is too much. And I think when you're a spectator here, and I think Lindsay can speak to that too. She spent a ton of time watching gymnastics. You get a chance to see how amazing these athletes can be. But when you're up close, when you're not just watching it on, on NBC on your couch, you kind of see like, this is a struggle. You know, we watched mm-hmm. Jake Carey burst into tears after she tripped on her vault. She went to her father, who's her coach, and she just cried the rest of the night. These pressures are real. This isn't some easy feat. You you know, we didn't just roll up here and hop in the pool and pull this out. Like, it's, (laughs) you know, dedication and training. I think the thing that's super interesting with Caleb is how far he takes it that you don't even realize how much doing this at an elite level affects your day-to-day life. The man journals every day, everything he does. He says he's got all these routines, like he makes his bed religiously, which not a bad thing to do. I'm sure his wife really appreciates it. (laughs) But there's kind of just this day-to-day routine that he employs. And he also did not speak to his family this whole time to avoid distractions. Today, when we talked to him, he said, I haven't even talked to my par- my family, my parents, my wife. Wow. He was like, I guess on my way to the airport, I got to FaceTime them for the first time to kind of like take this in. That tunnel vision to focus. I mean, I can't imagine. I I, I do appreciate just how vocal they're being about that because, oh my gosh, it it has to be intense. And, you know, you look at the medals and the Wheaties boxes and all of that and it looks looks easy, but it is not. Um, So it's it's not the Olympics if there aren't some disappointing losses. Of course, Uh, the U.S. women's soccer team has lost their chance for a gold medal but they still have the opportunity for bronze. So, so Lindsay, Adam, tell, tell us what's going on there. Yeah, so the, the women's soccer team lost to Canada today. It, it's been an interesting game for them. I think we went in overly confident going yeah. off of the World Cup win, uh, the 2016 Rio win. You know, these women are superstars. Don't get me wrong. They're incredible. What they've been doing off the field and the fight for equal pay is so impressive. But it's been a little shocking to watch this. Megan Rapino even said after the match, it's terrible. We didn't have it together today. You know, even competing in, in the FIFA World Cup, which is on the world stage, there's just something different about the Olympics. Even if it's the same competitors that you you face in world championships, it's a different vibe. It's a, it's a different amount of pressure. And we've seen Novak Djokovic fall and Ash Barty, not to stick in the tennis world, but these world champion players fall very quickly in the Olympics. And I think it comes down to it just being a different set of circumstances. Oh, my goodness. Yes. All right. All right. Now, before I lose you guys, I want to know about some of the most memorable moments for you. I mean, I'm hearing that, you know, gold medals are being shared, Uh, you know, British diver and gold medalist Tom Daly. They like to knit. Like, I love these little stories coming out. So, So what are some of the favorite things that you've seen crop up? Yeah, I, I have to say the shared gold medal thing was crazy because I didn't actually realize you could 
tie for a medal. I, that seems so silly to even say, but um, <laughs> a, a brief recap for people who don't know. And there was a track and field event. They could have done basically what's called a jump off to figure out who should get the gold. And they were like, no, we, we want to share the gold, which I think is just so pure and so collaborative, right? So you can share a gold medal if you both have the exact same great score. Um, other key <laughs> moments for me, I mean, I uh, have been devouring Leslie Jones's commentary. I think I will probably never get over. We interviewed one of the silver medal triathletes a few days ago, and after yeah. we talked to him, and triathlon is an insane event. Afterward, the only thing he wanted to talk about was that he had watched Leslie Jones watching their event, making a video about it. And he thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And he's like, I have to show you this video. Leslie Jones watched triathlon and had the funniest reaction. So um, I just think it reminds you that like the world is watching these Olympians. These Olympians are watching these Olympians. I don't know. It's just like a, a, a wacky, fun feedback loop. I mean, everyone is talking about it. It's the biggest deal for two weeks. That was People's Lindsay Kimball and Adam Carlson reporting from the ground in Tokyo. For more on the Olympics, head over to People.com. And now, something to make you smile. MTV is celebrating its 40th anniversary. Wow, right? Welcome to MTV. On August 1st, 1981, music television launched and revolutionized the way we enjoyed our favorite hit songs with the beloved music video. And aptly enough, the very first music video, the cable network aired was Video Killed the Radio Star by London pop band The Buggles. To commemorate the special day, the network relaunched a third generation of its iconic moon person design of an astronaut with a little MTV flag in its hand. And it just takes me back. I can remember seeing videos like Hit Me Baby One More Time, Britney Spears, or Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls, TLC. And I was just in awe and quickly recording on my VHS tape so I could learn all the dance moves later because that's how I used to MTV. <laughs> Nostalgia at its best. Hats off to them to another 40 years and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Tomorrow.